Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. <laughs> me, 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 me. Lisa Rubin, we are back. Recording another podcast. How are you? I know, Katie, we are, and spring has sprung. It has, and I'm so excited because we've come through a year, right? And we're starting to see things return to normalcy, but something I think that stayed consistent for anyone who was going through this, they had to change a lot of things, but our our brides and how they approach their wedding. And so I think we're going to have a great discussion with Julie Mercine from Miracle Couture, And I'm excited to hear about your connection with her. Before we get into that, what season and episode are we? We're season two, episode eight, Katie. Yes, eight. It's my favorite number. I did not know that. It is. It is. Tell me what, what's been going on. What is the feedback? You, you mentioned you've been getting some fun texts. Oh, I have been getting texts in the last week or so from several different clients. None of them know each other. They don't know that they're sending basically the same text. And the first time I got it, I just laughed out loud. And here's basically what the texts say. I hate my body. I hate my closet. I hate my clothes. I need you. And I just started laughing because I think that we're all kind of in this place as women. Women are all basically the same. I mean, as you talked about in previous episodes, principles stay the same, Katie. And we're all the same. We all think the same. We all want to feel good in our clothes. And we really haven't been in our closets except for to get our five pieces, right? That's Emerging back into the world, especially those who have been vaccinated and feel more comfortable. And now a lot of my clients are thinking about Are they going to be returning to their offices? Some of my clients are traveling again. Right. And if they're thinking about, are they going to be returning to their offices on the flip side of it? If not, okay, now it's time because I've been temporarily working from home in this new space that I've maybe created. Do I really need to look at reorganizing some of my home spaces to function better for multiple people using it or so that I can really have a space that works particularly for my home office. You know, there's a lot of things going on there. I'm seeing a lot in the advertising world where home offices are being talked about more or retrofitting where you didn't see that as much. So the master bedroom closet maybe isn't the focus, but the whole space of how you're living in it really becomes the focus. You're you're so right. Spring, spring blooms eternal, right? And when it is springtime and whenever people are listening to the podcast, they'll know that we were recording this in the spring in Minnesota and green grass is coming up and there's this feeling of hope. And then it's mixed with that feeling of dread. Oh my God, I haven't looked at my closet. I haven't really thought about this for so long. What am I going to do? So I love that your clients are coming out and saying, Hey, Lisa, we need your help. I'm getting a lot of SOS calls. And, you know, some, some of my clients who normally aren't that funny, their text messages, (laughs) I have saved all of them because they're going in my permanent vault because they they just made me laugh. And are they going, are they going in your permanent vault with our little recording of getting ready for our last podcast? Uh, Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) On your ear, on your earbuds. I, I, I don't know, but I, I have a permanent vault of 
special text messages over the years from my clients. And some of these are going in it because, you know, it, it, it's a period of time that hopefully in five years, we're going to look back on and we will all, all learn something. We've had good memories. We've had sad memories. We've had scary memories, but they're all memories. And yeah. I just want women to start really feeling good about how they feel. I mean, we, wherever we they're at, wherever they're at. And, I, you know, I think that's such a key. And I don't know that I, I don't know that I got to it until really recently. This is me. This is my body. This is who I am, whether I'm this weight or another weight, I am not trying to get back to something. I'm trying exactly. to just be the best me that I am today. You said that perfect. Like always, Katie. And I mean, even, even some of my clients haven't gotten their hair cut the way they've wanted to, cause they didn't care. Um, even their nails done just little things getting waxed. I mean, I had a client the other day that said, Oh my God, Lisa, I think I, I want to get a facial. I want to get waxed. I want to get my nails done. I haven't done that in one year. Yeah. So and you think about things, it's little right, things, right. And you think of the flip side of that too, is these industries that have suffered and our, our friends in these industries that have kind of kept us going and that have been our little simple pleasures throughout the years have are really looking forward to having us back. If yes. they've survived this, we certainly hope that they have. And there's been a lot of, we've talked about it before, good things that have come out of COVID and many, many, many awful things. You talked about earlier, all the things that have gone on in our lives, but we really hope we're all emerging in springtime with a fresh outlook, holding on to the lessons that we needed to learn and, and being know. grateful. Yes, yes, That's yes. That's a big word. You hear it a lot, but it's still a very important word. Let's yes. all know that we need to be grateful. Wonderful, wonderful sentiment. Now let's, let's welcome Julie Mercine. She is with Mira Couture. Tell me about Mira. Mira Couture is a bridal salon door slash also custom clothing, magical place in Chicago that I found. And you'll hear the story. I am looking forward to it. Welcome, Julie. We're happy to have you with us. Thanks for having me on. How are things in Chicago today? Well, it's beautiful. The weather's nice. I'm so excited. Spring is coming. I'd like to say it's arrived, but you know, in Chicago, there's probably a snowstorm around the corner. So <laughs> <laughs> Nobody understands that more than us Minnesotans. My uh, my fellow Minnesotan and co-host on the podcast, Lisa Rubin, you have, this is another one of those wonderful aha moments. Oh, yep. Aha. And only Lisa. I shouldn't say only Lisa because I think other people have it, but I love featuring Lisa's and that's why you're here. So how long ago was it that Lisa sauntered into your store? Oh gosh, was that four years ago now? Three years, Lisa? Three, three years First, ago. Exactly three years ago, actually, now that I think about it. Gosh, wonderful. That was, that was a story in itself. <laughs> okay. So, so start me out with it. I know I've heard Lisa's version of it. So we know that Lisa does quite a bit of business in the Chicago area and she came into your store because, take it, take it from there. Lisa's daughter was getting married and we were in a smaller space. We've moved since, but we were in a smaller space and I was sitting at our design table working with one of our clients for a custom piece. And across the table from me, Lisa was sitting and her daughter was coming in and out of the fitting room with one of our consultants and trying on different wedding gowns. And I just could overhear Lisa saying, uh, no, no, that's not it. Or no, 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 that's not the fabric. Absolutely not. You know, <laughs> and they just kept coming in and out. And of course I was listening and, you know, paying attention and thinking, uh oh, like what's happening across the table here? This sounds like trouble. 
Um, <laughs> and, and I have to say that I was trying to be in the role of mom. Yeah. I was not trying to be in my professional mode, which is very hard for me to do. <laughs> clearly, when I hear Julie say the memories back, I guess I was doing a little bit of both. But, okay, <laughs> keep going, Julie. <laughs> but finally, Lisa stops and she leans over the table and she says, excuse me, I am so sorry to interrupt, but can I ask, what is it that you're doing here? Are you custom designing something? And the client I was working with, with she's awesome. I love her to death and I'll never forget who it was, but she said, yes. They do custom design here and they do amazing work. And then Lisa and my client started talking and Lisa said, okay, this is what we need to do. This is what we should be doing. We need to work with the custom design department and, and design something amazing for you. So then we switched gears and Lisa still hadn't told me what she does for a living. And she kept saying like, oh, just wait till you find out. Like, you know, I, this is going to be amazing. But so then we are talking then about- Then Shelby walked out. Then Shelby walked out having no idea about this conversation. And I said, honey- what do you think about custom designing a dress? I know exactly what you want. So I started talking with the consultant and we got an idea of what it was that she was looking for. So I went in the back room and pulled a lace. I said, I think this will be what you're looking for. And immediately it was like, boom, they were in love. And Shelby started crying and you know, it was just like, she knew that's what she wanted. So. Okay, now I need to stop you right here because I was so dumbfounded and shocked and happy at the same time because you were listening and you picked up on everything. And in five minutes, you had drawn exactly what I told you she wanted. And you went and found one piece of lace and it was the right lace. And my daughter had tears of joy. And this took literally maybe 10 minutes. I was shocked. It was one of those moments that I, I just couldn't believe it. And I said that to you. I said, this does not happen with me. Again, you still had no idea what I did for a living. <laughs> and we were in and out of there. You took my daughter's measurements. And in a half an hour, we were done. Yeah. We were done. You know, there's having gone through that experience of the wedding dress shopping with two daughters, and it's different for everyone, but there are some elements that are the same when you know, you know, mm -hmm. and however that comes about. But what's What's really interesting to me is, first of all, Lisa, surprising that your daughter had some very particular thoughts on what she wanted <laughs> for her wedding dress, and not surprising that you were able to tie that all together, because while what we do is not who we are, it's sewn into the fibers of your being. So I love that connection. So now from there, and we're going to get back to talking about different brides, how did you get to the point of working together on other pieces that you do? How did Lisa finally tell you, Julie, what she did? Well, I think it was the back room because we were, you know, you were- no, First it was the table of the silk chamoose wraps. Cashminas? Yes. Right. Yeah. When I took her in the back room was like, okay, this needs to happen. This this something needs to happen from here, right? Yeah. Well, first it was this the the pashminas, and then I told you what I did, and I said, "Can you make these for my clients?" And you're like, "Yeah, no problem." <laughs> and it was just as simple as that. And then you said, "Let me take you in the back room and let me show you what we do here." And it was, as I say, orgasmic and magical at the same time. <laughs> I was having a moment. <laughs> Because the way that they operate, I mean, it's like taking people who've made a career out of being dressmakers. Is that the right terminology now? I'm not sure. 
Yeah. And yeah. then combining it with New World and Young Brides. Well, and maybe we should explain the business. So we have, we, we operate like a regular bridal business where we carry designer dresses. So we carry different lines from different bridal designers. Brides come, try them on, and then they order a dress for themselves. So that is a big part of our business. But we also have a huge team of in-house dressmakers. And I'd say a huge team is you know, like 10 dressmakers, 10 to 12, depending on season, that does the alterations for the brides, but then they also do the custom clothing for bridal, but we do women's wear in general. So we do women's wear from scratch. So that is what makes it a unique bridal business because most bridal stores carry dresses, sell them to brides. Some do in-house alterations, some don't, um, but it's like the combination of the custom design, the in-house dressmakers, that is what makes it really unique. And that's why Lisa's like, I've never seen it. Has this always been your model, Julie? Have you had this idea? Did you go to fashion design school? I've asked six questions in a short amount of time, but let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about how you started. So Mira Couture, the business started in 1970. So obviously I didn't start it, but Mira Horshowski is the owner, was the founder of Mira Couture and she started it out in Glenview. So it was a, a custom clothing, custom business from the start. And then it expanded, it expanded. She ended up moving the business downtown to the city. And then, and I think it was like in the eighties, she added the bridal designer component. So she always did custom bridal, custom women's wear, but she started to carry other designers to supplement the business. And then that's how it became this like dual business. And when did you come on board? So I joined Mira in 2011. Um, I went to school for fashion design at the School of Art Institute of Chicago and always liked formal wear and um, evening wear. And I liked bridal. So I thought, you know, that was going to kind of be my area of specialty. When I graduated from school, I started at a bridal store in Michigan. My family was out in Michigan at the time. And um, so I was going to do my own business. I was going to do my own custom clothing business. And I was actually writing my business plan and researching competition when I came across Mira Couture. And I thought, how did I not know about this business? It's like everything I would want and more. And, you know, I was new Chicago designers and things, but for some reason didn't know about Mira Couture. So I thought, well, I could, you know, maybe work for her and get some experience and then do my own business. And then I would really know what I wanted to do. So I'll never forget when I walked into the store, I could hear Mira screaming in the background. And I thought, oh my gosh, like she must be uh, like a scary person to work for. Maybe she's like devil wears Prada, you know, like I thought. <laughs> and then I interviewed with Mira and um, she seemed amazing and lovely. And I was like, oh, this would be a dream job. And her manager was leaving at the time. So I, she, Mira hired me on as her manager and it was just the two of us in the front. I still can't believe now looking back that it was just Mira and I, and we did everything. We, Mira worked with brides. I mean, she's amazing, but it was just the two of us in the beginning. Then we hired an intern on and, and it grew from there, but Mira is not at all Devil Wears Prada. And the seamstresses were probably doing something that deserved a good yelling because I mean, it's not her personality. And I still laugh about like, I would think one day I'm gonna see the real Mira, you know, she's gonna show her, show her teeth or something, but that's not the case. So I joined Mira in 2011 and then in 2014, I bought the business from Mira and we just kind of flip flop roles. And I love Mira to death. We're very close. 
we have a great relationship and days when she's not here, I'm like, man, Mira, I really missed you. And days when she comes to the store and I'm not here, she's like, Julie, where were you? I needed to have you there. So uh, we love each other very much. And I was able to see Mira because she was still very much in the store when we were there for Shelby. And then Julie ended up doing my dress for my daughter's wedding. And that was, of course, I had something in mind, very specific. Oh, what a shocker. (laughs) And it was like, I didn't even have to say anything. I was like telling her what I wanted. And then it was like, she would do better than I even tried to tell her. I had one fitting, one fitting. That's it. Lisa, (laughs) can't we do it faster? Can't we do it in one fitting? (laughs) I did. I had one fitting. I love I love when people's memories are slightly differed or they, uh, how they come well, in. Yeah, but I did have one fitting. Like I wanted only <laughs> one fitting and I had one fitting. It's like when I was coming into Chicago to do work for my clients, I would come in. Actually, I brought a client with me for that fitting. Right, you did. I, I remember now. I'm like, okay, I'm going to let you come. You want to come? Yeah, I'd love to have <laughs> come. And she was there. I want to get more into talking about custom as it pertains to all the other things that you do. And I want to talk more about bridal, particularly how things have shifted a little bit with COVID and what stayed the same. But first, we're going to take a short break and thank our sponsor, Rustica Bakery, who we know and love. And we will be right back with more from Julie Mercine of Mirror Couture. On the Viewing Your Mirror podcast, we love sharing our personal favorites. Rustica Bakery is high on that list, and we know you're going to agree. Rustica has two locations. They're original at 3224 West Lake Street in Minneapolis, across from Calhoun Commons and Whole Food Market. And Southdale Center next to Lifetime, where you'll enter without even going into the mall. Both have ample parking, either online or in-store. Bread, breakfast, dessert, treats, a menu sure to allow you to find a personal favorite in no time. Online ordering is a breeze and curbside pickup is an option. Available in-store only are savory menu items. Think grab and go for lunch or enjoy them there. Brunch items are offered Friday through Sunday. My personal favorite is the Take and Bake Cookies, available online or in-store. Truly a capstone for any get-together and in just 15 minutes from package to plate, a memory to make. We highly suggest you always have these in your freezer. RusticaBakery.com. Find the food and drink you adore or try something new. Rustica Bakery puts the love shown by their customers back into every item baked. At Rustica, you're among favorites. And we are back with Julie Mercine from Mira Couture. It is spring, Julie. What are you seeing from your, your new brides coming in? When someone walks in the door, how do you assess? Do you have a process that you go through in identifying what they might need? Well, every bride in a little differently. Some people come in with a clear vision of this is exactly what I want. I want lace. I want sleeves. I want a long train. Some people know exactly what they want and it might be exactly what they want, or they might be the total opposite of that. And some brides come to us. I have no idea. I haven't looked at any pictures. I haven't even given it any thought. Believe it or not, there are brides out there that don't have a whole Pinterest board of what they're looking for. So we kind of go based on where each bride's at and what they're thinking, what they're feeling. And then we go from there. And some people are right on about what it is that they thought they wanted. And some people thought they wanted lace and they want clean and simple. So 
you know, the best way is to look at dresses, try some things on and see what you like, what you don't like and go from there. So every, every bride is different. Every process is different. And there are so many different types of weddings now, you know, not everybody's getting married in a, a banquet hall and, you know, having a 250 person wedding, you have small destination weddings, you have court weddings, you have, you know, there's a whole range of different kinds of weddings too. So it's nice. It's fun to see all the different types of brides there are and different types of looks and personalities are different. Just in fashion, you know, some people like beaded head to toe, ball gown, you know, over the top dramatic. And some people want something so clean, simple, you know, understated. So that's the fun part of it is just seeing the different, like you really want the bride's personality and her style to come out in her dress and also for her to feel like the best version of herself. So that's the goal. Julie, do you feel that a bride is still a bride and the dress is still one of the most important pieces of her wedding? Absolutely. And we've seen it from our brides that were planning to get married and also the new brides that have gotten engaged since COVID. Because with the brides that were ready to have their wedding, you know, in April and May, and those brides, they lost a lot of what they wanted their wedding to be. You know, they might not have been able to have the same venue. They might have had to cut their guest list down, you know. So a lot of the elements of the wedding kind of got taken away from them. But they were just so excited and so happy that they still had their dress. You know, they could still wear that dress to their 10-person backyard wedding. You know, that was like the, the saving grace for that COVID wedding that they had to have, you know. And that was really special to see and experience and help those brides get through that. Um, and maybe some of them are having an anniversary party or a celebration later with their big, you know, their big guest list. And then the brides that got engaged since, you know, some of these brides were engaged when COVID first hit. And so they're planning a COVID friendly wedding with a smaller wedding party or a venue that maybe will have more flexibility. I mean, it's so crazy to think about all the thought that goes into planning a COVID wedding and, you know, what kind of restrictions could you potentially be dealing with, with, the changing of COVID and numbers and restrictions. So it's, it's all so crazy, but the brides, the dress is so important. The dress has always been really important. And sometimes I think the dress is even more important because they can do whatever they want. They can have an amazing dress, even if it's a smaller wedding and they can go more over the top with their dress or they can spend more on their dress because they're not spending as much on the wedding. You know, you don't have a big expense of the the venue and the like all of these expenses might be a little bit less for a smaller wedding so then they can splurge on flowers and their dress and and we kind of see everything but that's a trend we're definitely seeing is the dresses become more important and you can do two looks now because you'll have your wedding now and a celebration later and you have more budget for it so we've seen a lot of that plus you're making masks yeah plus to match the, the dress when this first started of course everybody was you know reaching out to me oh are you making face masks you have to be making face masks I'm sure Lisa you and I had this conversation yes we did we did I was like oh I we could do it but do I really want to make face masks I said to all my staff I said don't ever go to a bride and say do you need a face mask I said because if I were a bride getting married and somebody asked me I'd probably burst into tears, you know, that would be like a horrible thought to think about. I have to wear a face mask on my wedding day. But naturally, of course, there have been brides that need masks for part of it. And then obviously guests and mothers and bridesmaids. I mean, it's part of your look. So we have been doing a lot of masks for weddings and just for life. I mean, I am at work every day. I don't want an ugly mask on my face with my wardrobe. I want something that 
coordinates with my outfit and I'm spoiled because we have beautiful fabrics and I can make whatever mask I want. So we have been making masks for clients, you know, and, and professional women. Lisa, you work with a lot of professional women. And I mean, it makes a difference when you have a, a mask that works with your wardrobe. It looks oh. more polished. I mean, it's a silly thing. I kind of hate the face masks, but it's important that it, it's a it's an accessory now. So definitely we've been making face masks. But I told Lisa too, I said, I'm not going to just make face masks. We have to do it for some kind of charity or you know do something like I love that you guys dedicate your podcast to a charity I mean that's just very special we're donating money and masks to the center for abused women and children my husband's idea actually because he said when COVID and quarantining and all this was happening a lot of abused women were suffering the most because they were trapped at home and you know it was it was a hard situation so that's what we decided we were doing for face masks he sounds like a very special person and let's talk about your family a little bit round out your family married and I have two little girls uh four years old and a two-year-old and uh, my husband is like a football guy and when we were first having kids we thought I thought I'd either have two boys or you know if I have girls I said they'll probably be tomboys and hate fashion you know because of, I own a bridal store I'm in fashion but they are the girliest girls there ever was and a lot of my uh, a lot of the meltdowns my girls have are over that the fact that they can't wear a dress <laughs> or, or what they're wearing for the day so oh surprise surprise fashionistas. <laughs> I will just tell you that being the mother of three daughters, none of mine were girly girls until later in life, but the girly girl works very well with also the sports minded girl as well. So you're going to have well-rounded kids. And I believe that particularly fathers of all girls are very special guys. Absolutely. And he, he, he loves it being a girl dad. I mean, of course, they're both daddy's girls too. I don't know how that happened, but uh, <laughs> I hope and later with the shopping and the, you know, mom bonding that they'll come around, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> they will for sure. I think you touched on this, but do you find you're giving brides advice on just hone from years of being in this business and directing them in other areas of the wedding? Absolutely. And my biggest piece of advice, which is the hardest to follow, is to do it the way you want to do it. I mean, every bride is always trying to appease everybody, you know, make their mother happy, make their mother-in-law happy, you know, whoever is in their life. They're always trying to plan a wedding. That, okay, well, this person said this. Try and do what you want. It's the one time you're the bride. It's your day. Do what you want. And it's hard to follow. Actually, my husband and I, when we got married, we wanted to have a small wedding in Greece. It's where my, my mom's family's from, and we wanted to have like a more intimate wedding. And it was hard. The first relative I told we were having this wedding in Greece, they were like, wonderful. I can't wait to go. And we said, oh, you know, we're going to keep it small. And that was a hard thing to say, you know? And so we planned for a family party later on to celebrate with them because I just couldn't tell another relative, no, you're not invited. It was tough. And I can see how as a bride, you want to make everybody happy. But in the end, you have, it's your wedding, you know, and everybody just wants the bride to be happy. And I think the best weddings are when the bride and groom do what they want and it's more personal and you can see a, like a reflection of who they are in their wedding because it's what they wanted. So that's the first advice I definitely give to every bride. And it's hard to follow, but it's nice for someone to be their cheerleader and say, yes, you go for you, you know? I mean, Lisa, when, when Shelby was doing fittings and things, there were some things that came up about the fit of a dress or, you know, the detail in the back. There were things where we would go back and forth and in the end, it's like, well, Shelby, what do you want? What is it that feels best? 
rest on you. You know, you're the one wearing the dress, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And it was hard for me because of course I had my opinions, but I, I agree with you. And I think that's a very good piece of advice to give right especially when they're starting out on their journey and it's hard because some i mean some people have a really powerful personality and they can fight for themselves but we have brides that are you know not as sure and you know well the, sometimes the maid of honor kind of hijacks the look and says this is what you should wear you must have <laughs> stories we've seen it all we've seen it all but i mean the truth is it's so it's such an exciting happy experience and moment and i love what i do because it is so fun and retail is retail but this is a different thing this is a, a, a super important moment in your life that everybody will look back on and they'll remember when they picked out their wedding dress and we're through the whole process so so it's not just finding the dress, the fittings and having it all come together and handing them their dress right before they go to their wedding. And it's very special. And so I, I love what we do. It's, but the it's one, really but the one thing I have to say about near couture and what you have developed there is again, it's a very magical place. And when you walk into your store, you, there is no stress. It's a very Zen fun, happy place to be. And the people that you hire, they love what they do. And I think that that makes a big difference, especially for new brides and mother of the bride and anyone coming in that might want to buy something at your store. You make it a very special place for them. They feel special when they walk in the door. That's the most important thing to me is the experience. That's what I tell all, all my team. I mean, it's, it is all about the experience and having a positive experience. And not everybody comes wedding down shopping or mother of the bride and groom shopping excited and feeling good about it. Women are so hard on themselves. I'm sure you know this, Lisa, about their bodies and everybody feels oh, my arms, I hate my arms, or I've got my stomach, you know, I've got all these issues that I don't, I'm really worried I'm going to look good in a wedding dress, or I'm going to fit into a wedding dress. The or their boobs. Are, it's hard. It's always something. And very few brides come in, oh, I'm gorgeous. I look good in everything. I mean, that doesn't, that's one in a million. So it is important that they have a good experience and not easy for everybody. So working with them to show them, hey, no problem. We can work with covering your arms and it's still gorgeous. Or look at how amazing you look you don't have a stomach look at yourself in this dress or you know we'll make a fitting so that it will just go right over your hips and it won't cling to your hips so that it will be the body style that looks best on you it is about making each person feel gorgeous completely gorgeous and like their best self so it is experience that's the most important thing is making every woman feel her best self of others if we could all see ourselves through the eyes of others that would be a gift wouldn't it absolutely it would be let's shift gears for a minute and talk custom. What are you seeing in custom clothing, particularly through COVID? And what do you think is going to carry through as we come out of COVID? Sure. I'm seeing a lot of women that feel like they have pent up shopping energy, you know, like they <laughs> feel like they have had that taken away from them for the last year or, you know, our, our clients that do custom clothing on a regular basis. I mean, they are like, oh my gosh, I, I need to play catch up. My wardrobe is in desperate need of some refreshing. So we're seeing that, which is great. I don't see in my business a reflection of, you know, like you see every designer doing their sweats line. That's not us or what we do. So I don't see any of that, but I definitely see women that feel like, oh my gosh, I need to play catch up from the year that I missed. And with mothers too, because we do a lot of mother of the bride, mother of the groom custom clothing. That's a huge part of what we do custom. And a lot of weddings were kind of on hold, on pause. They weren't sure. 
you know, if it's going to be a big wedding, is it going to be a small wedding? So the mothers were kind of waiting to see what kind of wedding is it going to be? So now, like in the last couple of weeks, last month, we've had so many women come in in need of their mothers, of the bride, mother, the groom dress, because the wedding is a go and they got to act fast. Mothers always wait till the last minute anyways. They're always at the very end. Oh my gosh, I need a dress. So it's so true. Let me ask you, when someone says custom, mm-hmm. many people immediately have dollar signs floating through their mind without really looking at the affordability of it. Touch on that a little bit. Sure. So we carry lines of designer dresses for our evening wear as well. So we carry some collections, but we do custom in-house. So we have some of our dresses here that are custom made, but most of our dresses are done for a client and it leaves the store. Like Lisa's dress for her daughter's wedding. We designed it with her. We made it. It's gone, you know? So for our regular collections of what we carry, I would say the price point is probably like uh, 1800 to three for the most part. We have some very beaded embellished gowns and those are probably more like three to five, but those can also be ordered custom made for you. So custom to your measurements, we can add a sleeve, we can change the color, like completely custom as well. But for custom in house for an evening dress, I'd say most dresses are probably between three and four, but that includes all of your alterations. So when you buy a designer gown from Neiman Marcus, and have the alterations done start to finish, it's comparable or even really competitively priced, especially because you're getting exactly what you want. It's in your coloring, it has the perfect fit for you, the perfect style for you. That's probably the coolest thing about what I do is that every dress is unique to each person and it's just right for them. So like Katie, if you were to come in, you would say, okay, I've got this occasion. So it has to be a dress that's right for the occasion, but it's the right coloring for you. You know, you're not picking from a black or navy dress. That's the only colors the designer offers it. And, you know, you pick the exact shade of blue for you that brings out your eyes and looks great with your skin tone. You know, it's it's about that, but it's also what's your style. Some women like more of a tailored classic look or some people like something more free flowing, bohemian, floral print. It's about getting the right look for you, the right look for your occasion that covers all your sins if you if you feel like you have those or highlights your at, you know, like it's about What's right for you? And every woman has those things that are your your blind your blind spots, Lisa. You know, like your beauty blind spots. Yes, it's the perfect dress for you. So in my eyes, it's a huge value. I think a lot of women think it's out of their budget until they really look at. Well, it includes the alterations, and it's everything I want. Why would I mess around with buying this designer dress from someone else that I'd have to alter and customize and add the sleeve because I want to cover my arms? In the end, it's worth it for sure. This is why I have used Julie so many times for clients for many different categories, right? Business, evening, social events, and you get to have a dress that fits you perfectly. It is not off the rack. And then one other thing is that you can make adjustments on that dress over time so that you're not having to buy another dress. It's definitely, in my opinion, a good value when you look at it as a whole. And custom, you don't have to worry about showing up to your meeting or with your someone else wearing it with the same dress or the same suit. That's a good peace of mind too, because that has happened. Sometimes you buy the same dress from a store, someone else buys the dress and that's like a, an embarrassing thing. So if you can have that peace of mind knowing this is my own look, nobody else will have this. That's the number one thing I tell people when I start going down that avenue with them is you will never show up wearing a dress that someone else has on. Well, and I, I think perhaps also, if you have a custom piece made, you will find yourself, especially if you've consulted with you, Lisa, it's going to fit into your wardrobe and be Absolutely. able to be used. If it's a jacket and a pair of slacks or a skirt, it's going to be used with all sorts of other combinations. 
you're going to go to it more in your wardrobe, get more wear out of it, feel better in it because it fits you perfectly. And therefore, all of that just helps with your efficiencies of dressing, with your feel, with the view that you're putting into the mirror as you walk out and go into public. I, th I think that's wonderful. I think it, it definitely is something that people should not be afraid to explore. Well, also, I mean, if you're doing a suiting custom piece, you can design jacket, pants, skirt, shift dress, all from the same fabric. And so you have, you set yourself up for having so many different combinations and then long-term use out of it. So you could travel, I mean, there's just that option too, where you can have everything matching. You're not limited to what's available in the stores. I have done with Julie many times. Really, really, really well done. And I gotta believe, Lisa, you're not running into Chicago every time you need something. So it sounds to me like, Julie, you can work from a distance as well. We, we do virtual. We've been doing virtual for all year. And we were a good team with the virtual piece. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting a customer Zoom. <laughs> that was an adjustment, but yeah. I mean, the nice thing is you can do it virtually because we can always work from a piece in your wardrobe you already like the cut of or the fit of. And you know, we can we have an in-house pattern maker that hand drafts patterns to your measurements. Lisa's gotten really good at custom measurements. And so it will fit you like a glove and we can always say, okay, we like this jacket, but we want two inches longer. And then we make it in this new fabric with gorgeous buttons and change up the details. But we have found a way to work long distance and virtual and make it happen. And I have a little package of all my fabric samples. So it's like I have a little running store. She even sent a fabric sample to a client of mine who's in Florida. I love it. Well, what has been really a similar thread to everyone we've talked to, especially since we've started our podcast in a pandemic, the only people we've talked to have come through the pandemic with us. It is that ability to look at the positives and, and make some shifts in how you do business in order to continue to do what you do well. So bravo for that. Lisa, I think you have one other question before I do. we wrap it up. Julie, what is your lucky piece? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> I mean, I have a jacket that I feel like I've had with me since my interview with School Art Institute of Chicago when I was applying for their fashion program that I made myself. And I feel like when I have a tough day or something, I'll put it on and feel like, okay, I feel good. I'm ready. Yeah, but I mean, there's so many. Can you really pick it, narrow it down to one? I think you picked the right one. That's your lucky piece. You still have it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a little tight. <laughs> <laughs> at least but uh <laughs> i can still wear it oh, i love that julie how do people get a hold of you all different ways you can email miracatour at gmail.com uh, i like to talk on the phone to really find out as much as i can about the person and i think it's a different kind of conversation through the phone our, our number is 312-255-1699 but i think whatever everybody's comfortable with give me your number again 312-255-1699 perfect i love your social media account whoever's doing your social media every time i see something from your couture it makes me smile yeah you have a great instagram account thank you it's, it's the way of the world <laughs>
<laughs> it sure is. Well, I look forward to coming in and meeting you in person. Thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing a glimpse into what Lisa found so special about you when she wandered upon your store. And we wish you the most wonderful spring into summer and to fall and enjoy those girls growing up. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Julie. It was wonderful. Well, Lisa, not that I ever doubted you, but she's fantastic. She is. She's so professional and constantly trying to build her business. And she is wonderful. I love that. I love that. And, and I love doing business with her. It's yeah. easy to do business with her. So. Well, I hope our listeners choose to take advantage. And give her a call. She's really good on the phone and she can do things virtually. Yeah. It can be done virtually. Julie mentioned a nonprofit, the Center for Abused Women and Children which is CAWC.org. We're going to focus on them. We were so touched by the fact that Julie has taken all the money raised from making masks, which was something she certainly wasn't planning on doing, and that is going towards this organization. So the Center for Abused Women and Children is in Chicago. We know that there is probably a like organization in many cities, as sad as that is to even think about, but the Center for Abused Women and Children are rebuilding lives and renewing hope, and they are empowering adults and their children with the skills they need to live a life that's free of fear and move forward on their healing journey. How can we not get on board and showcase such an important organization? If you want more information, you go to cawc.org and know that we are sending all of our hopes and prayers for anyone who finds themselves in a situation that requires such an organization. Ending on a lighter note, we have, again, been so overcome with the support that people have shown to us in our COVID podcast project. It certainly didn't start out being a COVID podcast project, but Here's where we are, hopefully bringing you all thoughts on different views in your own personal mirror, thoughts on views of your own personal space. We are working on our social media platform, so we hope that you will go find us where, Lisa? Instagram, LinkedIn. Twitter, Pinterest, and Facebook. That's shocking that I would remember that because am, yeah. this is not in my wheelhouse. I'm learning. And isn't that what it's all about? If we can all learn a little bit more each day, each week, then how can we not all get better and have better views in our own mirror, right? I agree. You can find our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We are the view in your mirror. Thank you for listening. We know that you are going to spring into the new view in your mirror. Couldn't have said it better. Until next time.